doubt we got knocked to the mat, but we have to get back up for Madison. We're just lacing up for the fight. Thanks for tuning back in. I'm Paul Showens, and this is round three of the fight. We ended last episode staring down the daunting task of an MRI under anesthesia. Before we can do that, we have to get an appointment in Maryland. We'd been checking in and no word. No response from Johns Hopkins at all. We would check in with Havernick's office and they would basically shrug us off. Call after call going unanswered and finally, we're getting irritated. Kristen starts digging deeper and finds out that Madison's case is still being screened. They don't know if they want to see her. <laughs> Seriously? But, back to that in a bit. While all of this is going on, Madison starts to have accidents. Regularly. This little girl had been perfectly potty trained for a long while, and now, all of a sudden, she couldn't hold it at all. This raises a flag. Okay, to be honest, this scares the hell out of us. We let Havernick know, and she feels that we need to get to Maryland sooner rather than later, but we also shouldn't wait to get there for the MRI in case of complications. So we get the MRI scheduled here in Syracuse. We were prepared, but petrified of the idea of Madison having to go under. But what's the big deal, right? People get put under all the time. Yes, they do. And it's significantly more dangerous for children. Yes, I've heard the argument that as long as the child is healthy, there's no problem. Well, I've also heard stories about the people who drift off to sleep and never wake up again. Frankly, that's a terrifying reality. I wasn't there that day. Wasn't allowed to be. I was told to go to work that Kristen had it handled. Pay attention to that, because it, uh, it becomes a theme. Now, don't get me wrong. Kristen is the obvious choice to watch over all of the medical situations, being a registered nurse. She's better equipped to process the information, and I know she will make all of the right calls, but I don't like the feeling of helplessness. I don't like knowing that my little girl is out there dealing with something that I can't help her with, or protect her from. It makes me feel like less of a father. Anyway, Madison had to be at the hospital early that morning. She wasn't allowed to eat, so she was hungry, tired, and confused. She didn't know what she was in for at all, but she's resilient and adaptable, and as is typical of Madison, she rolled with it with a big grin on her face. Everything seemed to be going according to plan. Kristen, Madison, and Sue, Kristen's mother, arrived at the hospital, checked in, and got ready. Soon enough, they came to get Madison. They got her in her room and settled in. The three of them made small talk as the staff prepped and quietly left the room. That's when a young lady, um, probably in her early 20s at the oldest, came in with a smile and greeted Madison. She asked if she wanted to play. The girl made small talk as they played with dolls and colored. She asked Madison what she was there for, and Madison had to look to Kristen for answers. Madison was just blissfully along for the ride, as always. She was enthralled with her new big girlfriend and ate up the attention. When it came time for her to go, the young lady hugged Madison and wished her well. As a parting gift, she gave Madison stickers to put on her tiny gas mask. Madison absolutely loved it, but Kristen and Sue were kind of puzzled. Who was this girl that randomly came to play? It would be three years before we would discover the truth. This girl volunteers for a program at the hospital designed to make sick kids more at ease. Things got real when the anesthesiologist came in and started the final preparations for her. Describing what would happen and when and reassuring Kristen that it was all going to be fine. They even scented and flavored the gas to make it more fun for Madison. She tells me it was strawberry. Kristen said that it was an awful helpless feeling, 
watching your kid unnaturally fall asleep in a hospital bed. She said she hated putting on that brave face, smiling at Madison like it was nothing, as she watched her giggle, then fade, and finally slip into unconsciousness. But in the end, it was fine. Madison handled anesthesia like a champ. The procedure went seamlessly and our little girl was brought back to us unharmed and in good spirits. I got the call a bit after 12.30. All is well and they were grabbing lunch nearby, so... I got to meet them out for lunch. <laughs> Oddly enough, they chose a pub in the heart of Armory Square. The popular spot for drinking and socializing in the heart of downtown Syracuse. Kristen, her mom, and Madison were already there, and sitting in a booth when I walked in. I was relieved to see that Madison was happily coloring at the table. She was a bit giggly and disheveled, but in good spirits. Madison was a chatterbox. The entire time we waited for lunch, she told me all about her big girlfriend and her strawberry-scented mask adorned with stickers of ponies and care bears, which she proudly held up like it was a gold medal. We had to hold her back on her chicken nuggets in case there were any tummy issues after the fact, but she sure did have an appetite. Lunch was bittersweet. Put me at ease to see that Madison was okay, but as I walked back to the office, I still had this looming dread of uncertainty hanging over me. Couldn't shake it, and I couldn't understand why it was there to begin with. Anyway, remember when I said that Johns Hopkins was still reviewing Madison's case? Yeah, let's talk about that now. Here's what we pieced together. Havernick, remember her? Our local child neurologist? Yeah. She had sent the referral in on our behalf, and then we heard nothing for a while. Like, a long time. Zero communication. We checked in with Havernick's office a few times. No information. They hadn't heard anything either. Finally... Kristen decided to take hold of this. She calls Johns Hopkins herself. The file's under review. That review, and I'm using air quotes here, lasted way longer than it should have, and now Mama Bear was pissed. From there, Kristen tracked down the name of the doctor in Maryland who was supposedly looking over our case. We finally got in touch with them after pursuing the office manager. Come to find out, the file never reached the doctor. It was still sitting on a desk, untouched. Yeah. Unacceptable seems like a fitting word here, right? Kristen made the office manager aware of what was happening and politely, but firmly, requested that they move this along. Once the file actually made it into the doctor's hands, everything fell into place rather quickly. Appointments were confirmed and would be heading to Baltimore in less than a month. That set in motion a flurry of activity on our side. Preparations had begun. Time off from work and preschool had to be approved. House sitters had to be lined up, the hotel was booked, and we began to figure out what we would need to bring along. We were doing all this on a short notice in a shoestring budget, so we had to scrutinize every expense. Dinner out every night wasn't going to be possible, so we even planned out a grocery list for the room. This definitely wasn't our typical trip planning, not at all like a vacation. No lighthearted whimsy or excitement of finding things to do when we were there. We would somberly scrutinize our itinerary for Johns Hopkins and look for something upbeat to do in between appointments. We talked about it and agreed that there should always be some kind of good memory for the kids coming out of these trips. They deserve that at least. A small win. The experience is already soured for me. I have a burning hatred for Baltimore and I haven't even been there yet. They should at least get a shot at having a positive outlook on Maryland. There was an eerie mood cast over the house. It felt dark and foreboding. No one acknowledged it, but I'm sure I'm not the only one that felt it. Almost like we were marching to the gallows. Stuck around, that sense of dread, I mean. It was still there as we packed a car and prepared to leave. These were the first steps on our long, 
dark path to answers. A dark path that led us through Maryland, into the heart of the city of Baltimore, which we'll discuss next time. Join me back here for episode 4, Travel Days. Until then, I'm Paul Showens, and we're just lacing up for the fight. Thank you.